Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And remember, you can uh, find us at chrisannhall.com, but you can also watch us on YouTube. We are on SoundCloud, we are on Google Music Play, we are TuneIn.com, we are on Apple, what is Apple Music? iTunes, right? iTunes. And we have the new show, the new uh, Fire Stick Apple TV, uh, Android TV uh, show with Oath Keepers. You can see the Daily Journal there, uh, five days a week on Oath Keepers and every Saturday a brand new show called Constitutional America, where I take one of the current events from the week and I break it down to you in a constitutional perspective. So if you have Roku Fire Stick, you have, uh, what is it, Apple TV and Android TV, uh, look up the Oath Keepers channel and see if you can find us there. And if you're watching us, hey, do me a favor. If you get a chance to see us on the Oath Keepers channel, drop me a line, tell me what you think, tell me what you see. It's a brand new show, brand new thing, so I want to hear what you have to say. JC, I had a really great podcast interview today. It's not actually going to be published today, but as soon as it's published, I'll let it out. But this podcaster who is uh, runs like a prepper channel, right? And so we talked about a whole myriad of things within the Constitution. And he was asking me some really great questions and I think some of the questions really sort of made me think about things a little bit differently. One of the questions was about the discontent that a lot of the conservatives, the people who voted for Donald Trump, are feeling about Donald Trump. And he said that the, uh, in the circles that he's in, there's a lot of people that are just simply dreading the 2020 elections. They don't even want to have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he said, he said, are you afraid of what Donald Trump is going to do uh, in a second term? You know, with his pro-gun stance, with his kind of hawkish warlike stance. He said, are you afraid of what he's going to do? And I said, you know, I'm not really afraid of what Donald Trump will do. I'm more afraid of what the American people think he can do. You know, this all this this struggle, all of this consternation about 2020 is over the presidential election. 
My prayer is that the American people would see just how limited in authority the president actually is and start, I, I, and I told him, I said, look, if we had the proper constitutional perspective, more people would show up to vote for their sheriff than they would for the president of the United States. And I know that's JC's cynical look, and that's his I'm not going to say anything because I don't have anything <laughs> nice to say look. But it, it really is. And again, I am hopeful because I know the power of education. And maybe because JC was never a hardcore socialist liberal like I was, I understand that there's power. People can change, right? People can change. Absolutely. So I am hopeful because <laughs> I had that changing happen to me. But we were watching today. I do a, a kid's class at the church uh, a couple times a month. And I'm teaching them. I'm walking through the Constitution with them. These are like middle school kids, high school kids. Uh, and I'm teaching them, walking through the Constitution, and I wanted to teach them about the three branches of government. Mm -hmm. And I came across, you've got to go look at this. You've got to go to your search engine. I just Google um, Schoolhouse Rock, and I Googled the legislative branch or the branches of government. There is this amazing Schoolhouse Rock video on the three branches of government that describe the three branches of government as... A circus. A circus. It, not just any circus, a three-ring circus. Mm -hmm. They describe Congress... That was Schoolhouse Rocks? That was Schoolhouse Rock. That so was like Schoolhouse Rocks. Prophecy or... I mean, I don't... Seriously, I was absolutely stunned. It's, it's definitely absolutely pretty amazing. much a circus today. And they talked about Congress being the performers. But what was amazing to me was seeing just how far back the programming in the minds of the people about the federal government, right? So in their three-ring circus, the first ring was the president, who was the leader of America, like the ringleader, right, of the circus. And the Congress were all the clowns and the jugglers. And Still they, are. <laughs> Seriously, Schoolhouse Rock, you got to go watch this. And it described the people as the audience watching the performance. See, I, I, I really, really have a problem with that. And we ought to have a problem with that. But that's how far back. That's how the training goes. Why, why do we have an American people that don't know how to control their government? Because they've been told for such a long time they're an audience. They're an audience there to watch the performance of government. Speaking of performance of government, look what James Comey tweeted today. He tweeted, tonight, I told her, I guess it was last night actually because it says 16 hours. Tonight, I told a former colleague that I'm tired of being a Trump critic. He responded with encouraging words that apply to all of us. Quote, where you see wrong or inequality or injustice, speak out because this is your country. He's right. Keep speaking out. See, I think James Comey is suffering from a psychological illness. I think he has, and I don't say that to me mean, JC. I say that in, in the greatest bit of sympathy for him and his family. For him to say that, and to tweet that and have no connection with the injustice that he gave to the American people 
and the the wrong and the inequality in his own performance of duties. You know, we're going to put Hillary Clinton above the law where everybody else we prosecute is, you know, hyper prosecuted in some statist kind of perspective. So the fact that James Comey is actually free to be out in the public to tweet and the fact that he would tweet that that it's his job to be a critic of Trump because he stands for equality and justice but he's not willing this is this is to me this is pathetic uh, of the highest order right he's playing the unwilling hero oh. the the reluctant he's, he's sick hero in the head. and just just like you just sort of inject that create that out of nowhere oh i just i just told a colleague i'm tired did anybody ask you that like did yeah. anybody <laughs> ask him a question he just volunteers this you know what i said to somebody yesterday uh here's a better question do we care what you said to somebody yesterday so in the i'm so tired of making this criticism oh but you have to james you have to oh okay if you insist thank you for that I'll encouragement continue to do that Thank you for that and then, encouragement. And you know, we're supposed to hit like and cheer. And he's just, he is so 70,000 likes to this. 70,000. This is a sad person. Talk he, about Schoolhouse Rock performance. Yeah. This is performance, right? Yeah. This is nothing Absolutely. but performance. It, but it, you're right. It's a, it is a mental disorder. It's just this personality disorder. I mean, it's a form of narcissism, just, just like our president, I hate to say, but uh, you know, so he's. He, I, I don't he points, know if we haven't had a president <laughs> in a long time that hasn't been afflicted with some narcissistic. I'm not tendencies. sure you can be president <laughs> and not have some. Unless you're George Washington. Of narcissism. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're, you know, pretty well forced into it. So, but he wants to play the role of. Mm -hmm. I'm being forced. Like I would be quiet. I would fade. I, I, I really don't want any of this fame. I don't want anybody to know my name. I don't even want to write a book. But since I must, <laughs> how pathetic is this guy? Sad. Very sad. I don't know, but JC, I build these shows based on what I see and what's going through my mind. And I think that I'm sort of really, that the, the interview that I did today has me really, really focused on election issues, constitution issues, presidential issues. And I came across this article in Politico. The Democrats disavow Obama's creation of rival political group. So um, the Association of State Democratic Committees announced Tuesday that every leading presidential contender has vowed not to create any organizing or, measure, uh, or messaging infrastructure that is parallel or duplicative to the DNC or to state parties. So they're mad. Because Donald Trump, uh, I'm sorry, they're mad because Barack Obama created his group called Organizing for Action. Mm. And so his group, Organizing for Action, the Democrats see that as competition. Sure. It's funding competition. It's membership competition. It's voice competition. And I just pulled this up. Well, because, it's primary money competition. Right, right. I mean, funding. Their, their main concern Donors. is he's drawing their donors to him. Right. That's their that's their beef. Drawing his donor their donors to him so he can buy a fifteen million dollar beach house in Martha's Vineyard, sure. right? So 
here's the thing. I, I put this up here and I hope that I can, I'm praying that I can adequately convey my thought in here. What is the purpose of the president of the United States? What is his job? The president of the United States is the ambassador on behalf of the states. He's the second, he's, he's the head of the second most powerful branch in the federal government. And yet, this one clip from this one article simply shows us that the presidents of today are nothing more than representatives of a political party. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Let me ask you a question, J.C. You know that a lot of judicial elections across America are nonpartisan, so that the judges can't be part of political parties. I mean, that's right. part of the rules. What do you think about a president being required to be nonpartisan? Interesting idea. I, I think that that would be a fantastic idea. I think that it would return the understanding that the president is not a representative of the people. He's certainly not a representative of some political party where he has to make some vow of loyalty. What well, is what they say? They call him the leader of the party. Yes. I mean, they, they, the parties openly say, you know, the president is the leader of our party. And so now the leader of the party becomes the so-called leader of America, which then does the bidding of the party that he's vowed to, which drives me stinking nuts. I mean, seriously, even Donald Trump, all of this Republican Democrat stuff, this breeding of division, which they have to have. The parties have to breed division because then they can't consolidate power to themselves. They can't control the people. They can't have tribalism controlling America if you don't have all this party nonsense going on. What America, America, what if we simply said presidential elections can't be partisan anymore? Presidents must be elected by their principles, by their abilities, by their qualifications. Is there some move to do this or? I've never heard of a move to do this. Okay. This is Chris Ann Hall's move. Yeah. That's why I asked you. I think it's a fantastic idea. I, I, I would love to see a move to do that. Maybe then we could go back to, maybe then we could go back to constitutional presidential elections where we actually have two ballots where the vice president is elected by one ballot and the president is elected by another. I wonder how many people listening actually realize that we haven't had a constitutional presidential election since since FDR, since we started having running mates. Well, parties are about money, so you're going to have a you're going to have an uphill climb unraveling that knot. <laughs> I know, but still. I was thinking speaking of political parties, I don't know, did you see this? 
the Alabama Republicans are pushing for a resolution, a legal resolution, to remove Minnesota Representative Elon Omar from Congress. Huh? <laughs> Thank you, JC. Thank you. A resolution passed last weekend at the GOP summer meeting in Auburn called for Alabama's elected congressional delegation to proceed with the expulsion process for Elon Omar, hmm. who represents the people of Minnesota. Okay. This, you know, this is the one thing that I told the podcast host today. If the American people were half as upset by the laws that are created, by the power that's exercised, as they are by all of these other little personality issues that float around America, Congress, and the media, we would have a completely different America. And I just have to scratch my head. Why does why does the why do the Alabama Republicans think they have anything to say about a representative from the state of Minnesota? The people from Minnesota have elected her. You don't have to like her. You don't even have to like what she's doing, but she is not your representative. She is supposed to represent the people that elected her. Let's have the Alabama Republicans be concerned about the Alabama representatives and how they're voting in the Constitution. I'm just saying, let's. What my dad used to say: If you can't keep your own backyard clean, make you, make sure you stay out of your neighbor's business. I don't know. This is Chrisanne's rant day. I don't know if JC's gonna have anything to say today. <laughs> I have you ever heard of an actress named Heidi Schreck? Um, is she the sister of the ogre? <laughs> well, she's supposedly, allegedly some famous actress. And I, 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 I looked her up on IMBD. She's had like three roles. She's been a side role in two television shows and whatever. Well, I've heard of Shrek, but not that one. So she writes a one-man play called What the Constitution Means to Me. And Andrew Ferguson did, an, uh, did a review of this play in The Atlantic. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this play, What the Constitution Means to Heidi Schreck. As arrogant men tear up our Constitution And from every direction we cry can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Maybe you don't want to be as offended as I am by all of these things you see in politics, in media, in Hollywood. But if you don't mind and you actually want to know about the Constitution, then go to Liberty First University and get your constitutional education. But let me warn you, some things can't be unseen. So Heidi Schreck, why am I talking about this? She's up for a Pulitzer Prize for this one-man play. And Andrew Ferguson, which does not profess to know anything about the Constitution himself, does a review of Heidi Schreck's one-man play of what the Constitution means to me. 
And according to Andrew Ferguson, Shrek's play is... You just can't get over that, can you? <laughs> I like Shrek. I like Shrek. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. <laughs> Shrek's play is nothing but your typical snowflake liberal feminazi rant. Mm -hmm. He says the first thing she does opening up her... Her one-man play about what the Constitution means to me is talk about how mean and ugly and abusive and obnoxious men are in the world. Mm -hmm. And she goes on this rant, according to Andrew Ferguson, about all of the vile and vicious abusive men she has known in her life. Therefore, all men are like that. But then she said, prefaces it, but I love men. I really do. I love you guys. You're just barbers, barbary, you know, barbarous, right? Barbaric. That's the word I'm looking for. Sure. And she goes on this rant about how, how much she hates men. What does that have to do with the Constitution? We don't know yet. But I want to tell you, she's up for a Pulitzer Prize. Shrek's view of the Constitution, he says, is perhaps too dramatic. We should expect drama from a professional dramatist, needless to say, but how dramatic should be. The Constitution, she says, tells the audience, she tells the audience, the Constitution can be thought of as a boiling pot in which we are thrown together in sizzling and steamy conflict to find out what it is we truly believe. JC, what the heck does that mean? I don't know. If, if, if we're supposed to know what the Constitution, I mean, the, what the Constitution means to me, should we not know what that means? The Constitution, a, a boiling pot in which we are thrown together in sizzling and steaming conflict to find out what we truly believe. She has a personal affinity for the Ninth Amendment, which, by the way, she calls Amendment 9. And Andrew, uh, the, the author of this article says she oddly calls it Amendment 9 the way a reader unfamiliar with the New Testament might refer to 2 Corinthians. You know what that's a reference to, right? Donald Trump. Oh, right, right. Donald Trump talking about the Bible sure. and he says 2 Corinthians. So here's the thing. This is why single this not only she got she's getting a Pulitzer Prize for this play, her rant on on women and violence and society and what the con titled what the Constitution means to me. So she goes into this presentation of a Supreme Court case where Mrs. Gonzalez files a a restraining order against her husband. He violates the restraining order time and time again, eventually taking her children. She goes to the local police department and says, please enforce this restraining order. They do not. And her husband murders her children. She sues the police department for failure to enforce the restraining order as a violation, a dereliction of their duty. And she takes it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, this is Scalia and Sandra Day O'Connor, the opinion they hold is it is not law enforcement's job 
to keep the American people safe. Okay. That's the opinion. And the next words out of her mouth is, then why do we have a constitution? If the constitution can't force the police to keep us safe, then why do we have a constitution? Yeah. So she talks about all of these things, what the constitution means to me, in the midst of her rants, her, her feminazi rants and her, her liberalistic ideologies, and, and talks about how she feels like the Constitution has failed because the Ninth Amendment is such a broad clause. The Ninth Amendment says that the Supreme Court should force the police to protect us. Wow. Pulitzer Prize material. Smart lady. I, I saw in the New Yorker, you, you know, when uh, somebody, you know, somebody would be accused of racism and then people mock the retort. Well, I have black friends. I'm not a racist. I got I have black friends. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's like, come on, totally unacceptable. Yeah, right. So the New Yorker says basically in this thing that about her play. About her play. Mm -hmm. What the that, constitution that means the, to me. The whole play they sum it up as how she uh describes wealthy white men as oppressing everybody like yeah. white wealthy white men oppressing oh everybody. we're gonna get to and, that and then they say mark. she but she so she obviously doesn't have an axe to grind she says i love men i'm the daughter of a father yeah there you go yeah right <laughs> so, so you can't say mm -hmm. I, I have black friends right not racist but she can say oh, i'm the daughter of a father Right. I and love men. I do. She says, I love you. She looks at the yeah. audience. I love you. How could she be against men? She has a dad. See, you know, by this, the way, which is completely non nonsensical right. with the, the left's, you know, new picture of gender non-existence. Right. right. What, right. What exactly Are you gender labeling? Father? Are you gender identifying? No. Right. Right. No, seriously. How can you even say that you hate men or don't hate men? You realize those are now nonsensical statements in their universe. So if you applied their logic consistently, then the very phrase, I don't hate men, is nonsensical because in their reality, there is no such thing as a man. Right. Because there is no gender. Right. It's all fluid. Mm -hmm. So that actually becomes a nonsensical statement. So language loses all its meaning in lefty land. Right. So let me show you what this is. Now, I'm going to show you what this author says about the Ninth Amendment. It really, really drives me nuts. So I told you about uh, the, the Gonzalez story, right? She, she explains that Gonzalez has this restraining order and that the Supreme Court, uh, led by Antonin Scalia, you know, and then the audience has to shudder at the dog whistle because Antonin Scalia is now a dog whistle. Did you know that? Antonin, the, t the name Antonin Scalia is a dog whistle. And she says, what kind of constitution is this anyway? Look to our Supreme Court or to our constitution for protection from this kind of violence. She does not, this is the problem, America. These people don't understand what the Constitution is about. And she says, as a kid, I believed this document was a tool of justice. Once again, I know white guys. I like white guys. <laughs> I'm the daughter of a white guy, right? Mm -hmm. 
She says, today, however, I actually don't think our Constitution is failing. I think it's doing exactly what it was designed to do from the beginning, which is to protect the interest of a small number of rich white men. Mm -hmm. She missed that part about all people having the right to freedom of speech and freedom of press and that governments are the all power of government comes from the people. I always find it interesting when you, you hear these arguments, and by the way, it's not only from the left that, that this argument in particular uh, shows up. So there are a lot on the right with, with the same kind of theory. Mm -hmm. um, but there's never, and so, the, and then by the way, there's always these ancillary stories about you know, the personal life or history of Alexander Hamilton or this mm -hmm. person or that person. So there's never really an argument of, okay, this thing was created in order to further the interest of a handful of rich white men. Okay, let's let's go through it line by line. Right. Which principle in particular? So when you say right. freedom of speech shall not be abridged, explain to me how that helps a handful of rich white men. When you say a person has a right to keep and bear arms, how does that help a handful of rich white men when we have to have due process? I mean, so I don't, I don't, I don't ever hear that you hear the assertion. Actually, the but where is the, the principles of freedom of speech and the right to keep and bear arms are antithetical to the consolidation of power into a few rich white men. Yeah, so it's it's always the whole body of the people keeping and bearing arms. Oh, here we go. How they actually apply the Constitution, how the liberals want the Constitution to work, where the Second Amendment actually doesn't mean you, it just means government, is actually the liberal perspective yeah. that puts that power right. in the handful of a bunch of, uh, of a few rich white people, or yeah. True. just a few people. Few people. Right? So let me show you, JC, you have to know my head exploded when I read this part of the article. Remember, her favorite thing is Amendment 9, right? The uh, Andrew, I forget his name already, last already, but he last name already, but he says, nobody, as far as I know, has been able to give a satisfactory of account of what this sentence, the Ninth Amendment, actually means, especially since it's tagged vaguely onto a document that is otherwise pretty specific and targeted. Lawyers and laymen alike, more or less, ignored the Ninth Amendment until the middle of the past century when judges were discovering new rights hovering beyond and beneath the actual words of the Constitution. They've been arguing about it ever since without any suggestion that a resolution is near at hand. The Ninth Amendment says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. It was written by James Madison. James Madison, during the ratification debates, referred to it as the last paragraph of the fourth article up for incorporation into the Bill of Rights. Now, I, I'm aghast, JC, aghast, I say, that they don't know what this means. And they've been studying now since, what, what does he say, since the, the middle of the past century to find meaning for these words. When James Madison himself not only told us what they meant, but actually wrote down what he said when he explained to the delegates what it actually means. Does this not prove 
that they have no interest in knowing the truth? Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, JC, can you please just help me with this? Because I, I, I'm serious. This, this struggle that they have with the meaning of the text, why is there a struggle? When, when there, every argument by these elite, these educated elite goes to the argument of authority, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole, um, you know, MO of every educated elite. We have to have an argument to authority. Well, if you're looking for the meaning of the ninth amendment, why wouldn't you go to the authority, the guy who wrote it? <laughs> and then to sit around and, and just have these people. I don't even know how to describe them. These people who, feel, who, who are narcissistic feel so highly of themselves that they are the possessors of all knowledge that everybody else must be completely stupid. Look, this Ninth Amendment thing, it was so, you know, vague and nobody knew what it meant. Nobody paid any attention to it until some judges decided right again to think about it to think about it to muse right? about it to muse see if they can it. come up with a meaning some judges right because we all know the judges <laughs> are the are the authors of our rights because if the judges don't say you have a right then you don't have a Is right the person who wrote this article a lawyer no the the rebuttal no or whatever no no his name is andrew ferguson and he writes quippy political books okay he's not a lawyer I, I tried to find out. I, I thought maybe he's a lawyer. I don't know. But this, but CJC, this is this liberal platform. This, this idea driving this, you know, what the Constitution means to me. What does the Constitution mean to her? The Constitution means what some professor told her. That it's a document of oppression written by a bunch of rich elite slave owners designed to consolidate power to themselves, and nobody actually knows what the document means anyway. Because we can't possibly know, because we can't rely on the, you know, the old guys that are dead that actually wrote the document, because apparently we're illiterate, we're too stupid to actually search on the internet these days. I mean, you can find, I, I don't know, my, my brain is just seriously... Is it, it's crying over this. I don't get this at all. Is it this a matter? This stuff is so plainly written. Is it a matter of so? It, if you say, "Oh, we have no idea what the Ninth Amendment means," even though the guy who wrote it wrote a treatise about what it means and why it's it, there. Is it is it a matter of so they know they know the drafters wrote the stuff, explained the stuff, but the fact that they already have this this opinion, right, that that it's written for evil rich white guys and these were the evil rich white guys. In fact, the evil rich white guys that they're talking about are the drafters. So is, is that what keeps them from then? They have to pretend like they don't exist because they can't then reference la, la, them la, la, as la, the can't authority. See you, can't see you, can't hear you, can't hear you, la, 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 la. I don't know, Jason. Because Well, that would be self-contradictory, right? 
if I say it's written for evil white men to consolidate power and enrich themselves, blah, 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 then I can't go to those men that I'm talking about and accept their explanation for the meaning. Oh, then you, mean, you mean all those guys that were abolitionists and all those guys that talked about ending slavery and right. all those guys that talked about how the Constitution was necessary so that everybody could free, be so free we have and have to, liberty? We, we have to pretend like the only thing we have is what, and how do they say it? What's in the four corners of the document? What is simply written on the Constitution? And we don't have any other illumination about the writing in the actual document that, that gives us some insight as to what those words mean. So we have to pretend like we don't have that. That doesn't exist. And so then that opens the door And that's the door completely for contrary to, to contract law, which is no surprise because the liberals and the elite run around going contract theory, contract theory, contract theory, when in reality it's not a theory. I want to ask one last question before we go to the break. What's the criteria for a Pulitzer Prize? <laughs> Wouldn't a Pulitzer Prize have to be something about truth? That it tickles the ear. About revelation, about something poignant, yeah. and not some ignoramus feminazi rant of pooling her ignorance together how do you even call this a play this is like a stand-up ignorance act so this is a play up for a pulitzer prize based on error based on lies and based on visceral hate and that's pulitzer prize in america today seriously america we need a media lobotomy <laughs> <laughs> 